social support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, the OACS Commission, and UNICEF. Welcome to yet another show. I hope you guys had a great, great, spectacular, fun, and safe weekend. Welcome back to the show. It is Monday, June 8th. My name is Tresha Lionel, and of course, we're going to be discussing a lot of issues ranging from politics, and you know we have to discuss this because this weekend was a lot of excitement, it looked like. Um, a lot of things were going on there, so you know we I have to talk about that. But before we do... The headline from last week, um, for me at least, late, late in the week was when um, we heard of the licensing bill and people and professionals that will have to be registered, including, you know, if, you, if you're doing pork, you're a painter, you're a barber. Um, a lot of people will have to now have these registering things happening. And last week we saw five bills having to be withdrawn, having to be worked on, having to, you know, have some consultations. And the ones which did pass, including that licensing one, a lot of people have um, been outraged about it over the weekend. And, of course, we're going to be discussing that now. But before we do, we need to talk um, and listen to another popular talk show host who brought it across. That same night, y'all will not believe that Shastay passed another piece of legislation, SI-80 of 2020. I could not believe it. Could you put it up, please? It's called the Public Health Offensive and Hazardous Trades Regulations. Public Health Offensive and Hazardous Trades Regulations. Folks, when I saw this, I could not believe it. I want to read a couple sections to you so you will understand. Hear this word, interpretation under section 2. License means a person whom a license has been issued under regulation 8. License means a person to whom a license has been issued. Hear what you need licenses for. Offensive or hazardous trade include, I wouldn't, I wouldn't read all them, eh? but I'll read some of them. Chicken farming, license. Slaughtering of animals or poultry, license. Operation of slaughterhouse, license. Poultry processing establishment, license. Poultry farming, license. Lime making, license. Um, fiberglass works, license. Fish processing, license. Foam making, license. 
glue paint, <laughs> glue paint making or processing license, asbestos work, bleach manufacturing, automobile repairs, automobile repairs, spraying automobile, furniture or industrial spraying, spraying automobile, furniture or industrial spraying, painting, painting or photography trade, jewelry repair, joinery or woodwork, animal or pig farming, waste recycling, charcoal making, charcoal making, welding plants, and other activities which may... <laughs> Folks, Daniel Alexander said chicken frying. For all of those, you need licenses. You should not take it down, um, Mr. Technician. I'm going to other sections of it. Hear this well, folks. Hear this well. Hear this well. I mean, I just cannot believe this. Restrictions of carrying offensive or hazardous trade. A person shall not establish or continue an offensive trade, and the offensive trades are those I listed above, that's section 3, eh? without a valid license. Ruth, the Lord needs to put two feet and two hands. You all are hearing this? Karen Crafton, you hearing it? You all are hearing it? Nesta Flamius, you hearing it? A person, all the things I said there, Nesta, I suspect chicken frying and burger making will come into it just now. Y'all are hearing this, folks. For all what I read up there, it's saying that you cannot continue the trade without a license. And the penalty is this. A person who contra contravenes the regulations commits an offense and on summary for conviction to a fine of $5,000 or imprisonment for six months. Y'all are hearing this, folks. Y'all are hearing... Are you all hearing me? Zotkatanwe? Yes. I wonder if you are king have a license for horse racing. You know? For photography, you need a license. Photography, you need a license. Jewelry repair, you need a license. You hear that, Spunky? And if you don't have a license, you can be fined $5,000 or imprisoned for six years. And then, folks, you'll not believe application for license. You have Master Wong, good night to you and all the guys by Carrington. You will not believe you have to submit a plan. The plan must contain a lot of things. The space allocated for, for preparation, space for storage, sanitary fitments the passageways the means of entry the means of ventilation the sitting of substantial fittings and machinery the means of storage the type of finish to which man jesus christ you know that is where we have found ourselves today that is where we have found ourselves today we want that change. 
we got change. And uh, it's so confusing and it seems heartless to a lot of people who are hustling. That's what you call it, you know, you hustling, trying to make something of yourself, trying to work. And these things are really independent. I know a lot of charcoal makers. I know some butchers. I know that it is to wake up early in the morning at three in the morning and do what you have to do. And go by the side of the road. And I've met a lot of people. My mother is a vendor. So I know these things. And people are hustling and they're working independently. And when you have to go through all of this, trying to make a plan, trying to license. When you license, it comes with a fee and all these sort of things. And it just seems so unempathetic. Which again is just the, a lot of what's being echoed out there and the lack of consultation as well. Now, further on into the show, we'll talk about the system we have here, the democratic system, how it works, and should we change it. And I think um, the former CMO also had a long post on social media saying and detailing how it should be changed, but also realizing that it won't be easy. But these are the things, these bills, the five that have been withdrawn and the, these that have passed through, it just shows that we do have a problem. We have a problem in how it's drafted. We have a problem in how it's being passed. We have a problem in the lack of consultation and the people that these things affect. Because when you have somebody hustling every day and trying to get to their work, now they have to come in the office. And what agency is there that's going to help a pig farm and everybody else and the dozens of other people that have to go down to agencies to register. We know and we've seen what that's like. We've seen what you know it's like for the Prime Minister to say to people to go to Nemo and they will give you a you know they'll give you a package or they'll give you food and stuff like that and then you go and Nemo knows nothing and now they have to backtrack and try really hard to understand what's going on. So again it's just another instance of this where something is said pronouncements are made and are there real agencies there ready to take that on um and i did try to speak to um, other people who could be affected and i spoke to one um entrepreneur he's a small business person a pig farmer and a butcher and he was different because with the other people that i've spoken to they are outraged and they want to know how can this happen and what everybody's confused how could that happen um but he has given um the benefit of the doubt saying that you know it makes sense maybe the timing is wrong but it does make sense and i thought it was something that we would all um like to hear and just to see what everybody's thinking i would love experiences i love to hear what everybody else has to say and this one i thought was interesting what the um the the prime minister whoever that could are trying to implement is everybody can get the opportunity to have a business on their name and maybe they can go to the bank and say hey i have a business there i want certain loan or something for me to extend on my business so i do believe it is something bad as much people see it as a bad thing but i see i believe if you really studied well i don't believe it's a bad thing because a lot of us have business running for years and we cannot go to the bank or say, hey, I have this business, I want to get a loan but because it's not registered. Most people will ask you if you have a registered business to go to get a loan. If you go to Fast Cash, Accel Finance, Caribbean, something, you need a business register for you to get a loan. So I don't believe it's a bad thing. What I, I will not support about it is the fee that they're going to ask. I don't believe it should be any fee that... The people can handle because remember, small business doesn't make all money once in a while. It's when customers come in, they depend on customers. So, I want the minister, the prime minister, whoever that put it out to look into it and do not put the fee too high, but it is not a bad thing. I support it 100%. But um, some people, I hear your point, but some people saying, 
that with COVID happening and the pandemic and people, it's really rough, the state of emergency, maybe it's a wrong time to start this? Well, if they put it out, but they haven't given a date, so I don't know when they will give that date. Maybe just put it out like, for people to, to see people's reaction, what they're going to see, what they're going to do. So what I'm seeing right now, the 99 people is not supporting it, so I believe that they will just cancel it off. So I just hope, I want it to happen eh? on a serious note, just for some people out there, that's some people that are struggling. Thank you, Al, for talking to me. He has his, um, he sells pudding and stuff on Saturdays along the um, Library View Fort Highway there. Um, again, so it's a different experience that everybody has. He thinks it might be a good thing. And he, even he, too, is confused and taken by surprise. Nobody knew that was coming. But um, with the last week, the bills that were withdrawn and everything else happening, it again brought into question why the rush, why these marathon long sessions in the House. Um, and one parliamentarian did speak with me about, because he was the most vocal, I think, during the session last week on Tuesday, where he said um, it's not supposed to happen that way, there needs to be more consultation. Um, and he did speak with me, and I think we can listen to that now. Well, I mean, I'm hearing that it is going to be withdrawn, and I'm hearing also that what was said was that it is going to be sent to the AG for review. And I trust that is the reason, and if that is the reason, then I think it's most welcome. As I indicated in my short posted and in what I said in the House during the debate, that the, we are not against standards being set. We're not against persons being asked to register. But certainly the penalty for one not doing so is too severe, it's not proportionate to the action you know that is involved that we don't believe we should criminalize somebody failing to register their property given the socio-economic and cultural context of St. Lucia that to have a maximum penalty of $100,000 and or four years in prison is a weight disproportionate and that once we support the need for standards and we support the need for persons who have to register surely you know they can be a more fair and reasonable um, penalty for non-compliance. But also in the bill, it's not the only clause in the bill that needs to be reviewed. Section 27C um, basically says that when you register, um, you are informed of the requirements to comply with the Act. And that if you fail to comply with the Act, you have the same penalty. Now, we don't know what are the requirements that are spoken about, and it may be grave, you know, um, failings on the part of somebody, or there might be minor failings, and I believe that the entire legislation is written badly. You could have various offenses under the Act, but it might be a simple non-registration, like in this case, with, uh, with, a, with a proportionate risk, um, and 
service is defined as the supply of a service for sleeping accommodation with or without related facilities for consideration. So it means somebody advertising room for rent, even if it's only for locals, falls under that definition. And we know the bill is really aimed at the tourism sector and persons coming in as tourists. But the way it is defined, it does not seem to suggest that in its literal reading, that is, it refers to any service for strict accommodation. So just advertising that you have a, a, an apartment for rent, you know, it falls under this. So I think they really need to review the bill. And like we said during Parliament, and I, I, I made it very clear that some of those laws are so significant in the impact of the citizens that it should be more time for citizens to really appreciate it and share the comments with government. Yes, we speak about stakeholders, accounts, but sometimes in Barcelona they have the Fortuna Tourism Association, you know, but that we put the tourism sector. But there's a broader citizenry that probably should be made aware of those laws because they will have implications for them. And that was not sufficiently done. The law was rushed through after one in the morning when citizens are not even watching television to realize what was happening. And I think that if it is rejoined, it, it must be welcome and there must be a, a, a serious review of what is contained in this bill. If it is withdrawn, do you think that it's a signal that the government are listening, they're listening to the opposition? <laughs> well, if they were listening to the opposition at one and quarter to two in the morning, they would not have gone ahead. If they were listening, I think if anything, it, it, it probably will say that public, public discontent and displeasure has forced them to reconsider. Thanks again, Mr. Hile, for speaking with me. Um, so that was Mr. Hile there speaking on the tourism levy bill that had to be withdrawn there as well. Um, now, as we continue, there are other people who have been coming, coming out, and in this case, social media, the chief medical officer and a former independent senator, has come out to say that our system is flawed and that the government holds too much power. And if we could go to the first um, picture there, the first slide showing, you know, Dr. Stephen King, um, calling for the system to be rearranged. It says the current system is one in which there is a strong central government. The party that wins the general election controls the executive, the House of Assembly, and the Senate. This party has the power to do almost anything it wants with minimal checks. Public opinion has been the only real check, and that is true. Um, however, propaganda, party loyalty, and nepotism undermine the ability of the public to have a clear voice on many issues. The real danger in the current political system is the progressive creep towards a totalitarian state in which a political elite or successive political elites govern during their term in office with complete power and control over the people. And we'll hold it there for now. Um, but when I think of Dr. King and especially what has happened and what has been said by um, the health minister, Mary Isaac, in say, you know, the uprisings and people standing up for themselves and having their voices heard died with George Odlum, I think not only was it a dare, but it was a dare to people like Dr. King and people in these professional capacities, and we've seen, seen them on TV, to come out and speak. And in a way, that is also a form of protest. It's also a form of, you know, independence and in saying what you feel. And I don't think it happens nearly enough. So when it does happen in instances like that, I am encouraged. Um, when I saw yesterday, 
not yesterday, when we saw, saw last week um, Adrian Oje, the independent senator there, also taking a stand for what he thought was right. These are these, these little instances you see in things happening. Let's go to the next slide. Um, it says, I served as... The, um, Dr. King there, I served as an independent senator in the 2011 to 2016 term. The then president of the Senate, Mr. Claudius Francis, told me that I have the record of an independent, as an independent senator who voted the most against government. That may be so, but the Senate in which I served was never able to stop or significantly influence even one motion, resolution, or bill being passed by the government. Witness the Constituency Council Act. He continues, um, and you could see it there on his page. Um, so when we see again this, it again is calling for constitutional reform so that we could divide the powers that, you know, the powers that be equally so that there can be real guards to this. And I saw that last week when the president of the Senate, it was a vote and each was tied and the president then had the deciding vote. And of course, she decided to vote towards the government, um, even if it was something that Mr. Um, Oje put forth that said the bill had to be amended, the wording was incorrect correct and the drafting had to be you know looked over again and you know she sided with the government which isn't surprising but that again doesn't make it right let's go to the next slide um I am not naive, again Dr. King here, I am not naive enough to believe that either of the main parties will do this readily. They are currently both too steeped in the old oppressive colonial political process. Therefore, I propose that we form a new political movement to ensure that this new political process is implemented. This new political movement embraces all parties and independents. Um, and it goes on, and I want you guys to go onto his page, and also he will be on um, Janica... Uh, Janica Simon show midday today again he will speak on that and I think it starts at one so again we, I will be watching as well so we could hear really what Dr. King is saying and what he's proposing but when this is happening and I applaud professionals because a lot of people on the block and the disenfranchised we know what it is I have heard you um, we continue to listen to you and I love hearing your experiences as well but these are the ones the grassroots people are the ones always having to want better for call for equality um, but when you have had a former CMO, an independent senator, he's always on TV, um, he's a doctor, a professional, coming out against the system to say this is wrong um, and that it's oppressive and it comes across as a dictatorship, I applaud you, Dr. King. And if we can go to the final slide where I thought was really, really important and inspiring. Um, he says, in closing, and yes, I'm reading everything, and when I like it, I'm reading the entire thing. In closing, let me reiterate, enough is enough. I categorically reject totalitarian uh, regimes. I cannot abide with internal neocolonialism by a political elite or successive political um, elite groups. Our ancestors shed too much blood, sweat, and tears in their resistance to subservience, resisting chattel slavery, resisting colonialism. I, therefore, will not be a traitor to their hopes and dreams. The vision of the ancestors will manifest. In more recent history, the political heroes Sir George Charles and Sir John Compton were both passionate champions for the people and advocated for St. Lucia to resist colonial rule and oppression. Sir John Compton was a fierce advocate for independence and the need for us to collectively determine our destiny, his approach to decision-making and development, as he said in private conversation, God first. Country second, party after, still resonates in his mind for our country. St. Lucia, Dr. King says he will rise. 
and I think it's a very powerful um, statement. And I like too that he didn't have to go to media or talk to anything. He used his name. He didn't, you know, try to do anything else, but use his name on his own private social media platform, and he spoke there. So that's to you, Miss. Uh, Mary Isaac, for you thinking that people don't won't stand up, and we saw a lot of that over the weekend too. Um, and again, I'm hearing and seeing that people are becoming way more emboldened to say what they feel. I love hearing what Dr. King had to say, and I look forward to what he will, how he will expound on it, and how we will continue to explain what he is saying. Um, that's it for our first segment. We'll be right back after this with um, what happened over the weekend. I know it was really political. It was exciting. And if you didn't know, then I'm going to show it to you. Um, but before that, stay with us. We'll be right back. Widespread comes a group of superhero germ busters, the germaphobes. We spend most of our time fighting germs every day of the week. After I play, I wash my hands. Before I eat, I wash my hands. After I play with my puppy, I wash my hands. I cover my sneezes with my forearm or elbow when I am in public. And I cover my cough to avoid spreading dangerous germs. We are the germophones, germ-busting superheroes. You can be too. Always wash your hands and cover your sneeze and cough. Let's stop the spread of menacing germs. We'll be back, germophones, with more powerful germs. And we will be waiting to prevent you from spreading. for staying with us on Facebook Live on our stream channel 124 and also we're there live on Instagram. Um, as we continue, race has been a real um, issue in St. Lucia, um, especially after the the statement made by the Prime Minister saying colonialization had a conscience. It's it's, it, I've never heard it before. I haven't yet made sense of it. It's been a couple of weeks. I've been trying to shift the words around in my mind, trying to understand what he was saying. And even when I first started, I said it made me feel uncomfortable. Um, because in any anybody who says it, it'll feel strange. It'll feel wrong. But when um, our prime minister, who is of you know white heritage, white history, says that, it again it it gives it a another uncomfortable feeling and. And I wasn't the only one. A lot of people are still trying to understand what, what, that's, what, that's, what that means. And they're trying to make sense of it. And trying to make sense of their own 
and comfortability um, with this. However, one minister, the Minister of Responsibility for Culture, try to explain away what the Prime Minister was trying to say. We have tried to speak to other, you know, Afrocentric poets and people who understand the history and, you know, like um, Kendall Hippolyte and Mr. Robert Lee. They too, they, they, they don't want to touch it. They, don't, they haven't wanted to touch it and um, I continue to ask Mr. Lee to speak with me. I know he's watching. Hi. Um, but if we can talk about that, I really want us to be open about what's going on and open about how it makes us feel because I don't understand. We're in a Caribbean country. We're in St. Lucia. We know our history. We know the history of slavery. We know how it, we know what it must have felt like. We've heard the stories and read the stories, the horror stories of what's happening here. And when you have a prime minister saying colonization um, had a conscience, it makes me angry. And it makes me feel like, once again, the prime minister doesn't understand what it is to be a particular solution of Afro you know, heritage and that sort of thing. So you can feel how you feel, but that's how I feel. And um, I w- found it interesting, the culture minister, trying to explain that away. Um, and you can take a listen for yourself. Local media has for two weeks now reported that Grammy-nominated musician, producer, and songwriter Ronald Buhingson has tendered his resignation as Goodwill Ambassador, a position conferred upon him in February. Culture Minister Senator Fortuna Belrose, who first presented the media with the list of appointees, was asked Thursday for confirmation of Hinkson's resignation. He handed the resignation he for. Resignation as a, as a where did he attend the goodwill? Where did he attend the resignation? Well, based on the based on the rules of engagement with respect to the ambassadorial program, one has to submit the resignation to the Governor General. So I'm not aware of that at all. Is it? I know that he's written to me, and of course he's expressed his desire to 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 move on. But for me, I I, I did express I, I did receive that with reservations um, and trepidations, given the fact that he he's such an icon in our society. Um, and so it's really his decision. You know, that's something you can't force on somebody. And so it's his decision. But I think there's a medium, a, a, a system for him to be able to channel that. And I'm sure, being who he is, he would do what is what is right. As NBC Prime reported previously. Hingson's resignation came days after Prime Minister Alan Shastny publicly stated that colonialism or colonialization has a conscience as opposed to economics. We asked the minister with responsibility for heritage and culture whether she agrees with the Prime Minister's statement. To my mind, they're two different things. Um, But in terms of the the fact that there is a driving force, I think in both institutions, colonization, there is a driving force in there. In economics, there is a driver as well. Um, From that standpoint, perhaps, you know, yes, the the, the, the feelings and the vibes are different. But I think when you you look at the issue, um, I think my Prime Minister was attempting to lead to, if I understand, what he was saying is that there were people there you know there were people there people human beings who had a heart who had a conscience you understand who were driving this you know um, and in the case of the economics it's not about people but it's about those people who are leading the economic the, the economies you know of the country and trying to ensure that we we, we, we benefit. Ronald Buhingson's reputation as a pan-Africanist is public knowledge, even vowing to not return to the U.S. following the Botham Shah killing. We asked the culture minister, however, whether the prime minister's skin color may have, according to noted poet Kendall Hippolyte, poured salt on the wound. 
Well, I don't know. I, to be honest with you, sometimes I say we, we, you know, slavery has been abolished since 1834, but a lot of us are still caught, you know, with the mental slavery. Um, I grew up in an environment where some of my family members are half white, um, and some of them are black, and some of them are totally black, you know. And so for me, I've been able to work with all sectors and all types of persons um, in the society, recognizing that we are human beings and we are free to ventilate and express our feelings about how we feel about things. And so for me, coming from a, sec- a, a, a an environment where I have mixed relatives, you know, I always see individuals and what they bring to the table with insofar as their heart is concerned. So it's unfortunate that people misinterpret that and put everything in the context of slavery. But I think we are human beings who should move and lift ourselves beyond that. And according to the culture minister, engage each other in a respectful way and recognize that each of us was, quote, brought in here for the greater good of society, end quote. Miguel Fevre, NBC Prime. I have never heard so many contradictions in one news report before in my life. Um, if we have to try to dissect the first bit of it, when um, Ms. Belrose there is saying that the resignation from Boo has to be delivered to the GG, but she so she doesn't know anything about resignation, but he did send her a letter saying that you know he wanted and he wanted to leave. He didn't want to be ambassador. And then she says, um, he, yeah, he wrote to her, but she had her reservations because of it's so contradictory. I still don't understand, and I, it's a very confusing report. And I know Miguel tried to make sense of it, and of course, Miguel, I applaud you for trying. But um, this just goes to show that. People will stick with the people that they have to stick with, and I'm trying to listen to her give a, try to make sense of that statement from the Prime Minister, and it really didn't make any sense to me. It came across as anecdotal. Yes, you know, your family has um, half white, black, and totally black in her ancestry, and that's what she's saying. Um, So for me, again, it still doesn't make any sense. I want someone to, if you're defending this, to make sense of it for me. Please make sense of this comment for me, especially with what's happening in the U.S. and the Black Power Movement and Black Lives Matter and and then the African... There was this um, thing where it reached international media where there was an African lady who spoke about that comment being made, because our prime minister is talking to a country full of black people and saying colonization had a conscience. And if that doesn't irk you, if your spirit wasn't turned, if nothing happened, then, I mean, more power to you, I guess. But for the rest of us who want to understand what's happening and feel insulted um, that that was said, then again, we're waiting for more information from the Prime Minister. I know that a lot of my media colleagues have tried to get him to explain what he meant. He's, um, he hasn't said anything. Um, he's walked away from these questions. But um, again, there were other people who are continuing to still and try to understand that. And one of them is Mr. Lubin. Um, he is from Viewfort. He is part of the Viewfort Constituency Council there. And um, he had this to say. You're very dissatisfied with the way the Prime Minister, Alan Shastri, ad hocly runs this country. And we're extremely concerned about his behavior in particular and how he treats our people. The recent statement he made saying that colonialism had a conscience is so pathetic that we couldn't take it anymore. And then we are on a match right now to making sure that he never becomes Prime Minister of this country again. 
And I'm very concerned, you know, as I said, about his behavior because he has no respect for St. Lucians and black people in particular. We are concerned about you know, the, his policies also. The state of emergency he just announced till September. This is ludicrous. It doesn't make any sense. And any good thinking St. Lucian would know and see that it doesn't make any sense. We are asking him to rescind this thing and begin to take advice from people who know better and people who will be able to assist in him in running this country. Our match is a peaceful match today. Our little drive-by is a peaceful drive-by today. I'm mean, hoping we're not harassed by anyone or anyone who he sends uh, to destroy what we think is good for our country. I can't leave. You took me from my mother and shipped me across the ocean. Chained me and enslaved me. Put this racist system in motion. Whipped me and proselytized me until you got my devotion. Cut me by my roots so that I may forever be susceptible to your coercion. I can't relieve. In 1865, you claim emancipation. Neither slavery nor involuntary servitude shall exist within your nation. The same year the Ku Klux Klan was formed in preparation, set me free with no reparations. That's not my idea of liberation. I can't interweave. You told me slavery was gone, but Jim Crow was still alive. Forced segregation did not let me vote until 1965. True freedom withheld whilst the KKK were free to thrive. All men are created equal. Freedom of speech. Yet somehow, I must shut my mouth to survive. I can't achieve. You told me I could integrate. But you made no space Took away Jim Crow and left residential segregation in its place You taught me to hate my own people With the anger that I misplaced Black on black crime in the ghetto I call home Enemies in your rat race I can't breathe You suffocate my growth under the guise of constitution 27% of people double my share face prosecution what do you expect from a country that has their prison as a private institution yes slavery looks a bit different now it is simple evolution I can't breathe I surrender to you peacefully you put your knee in my neck for nine minutes so now, the streets must speak for me. I can't breathe, they echo, as flames rise from the pain you refuse to see. Demanding justice in a place where equal was never what you intended us to be.
If you haven't checked out Ram J's Auto Parts as yet, what are you waiting for? We stock a wide assortment of older and newer model popular car and SUV parts. Suzuki, Toyota, Mitsubishi, Honda, Nissan, Mini Cooper and lots more. That's not all. Ram J's also stocks truck and heavy equipment parts. And if that won't help you, we also do heavy equipment rental to keep your downtime at a minimal. Ram J's Auto Parts is located in Masad Industrial Zone, Grocery. Contact us 450-0495 or 716-1400 or email ramj35 at hotmail.com. Tip of the day number seven. Avoid using unhelpful coping strategies such as tobacco, alcohol, or other drugs. These can worsen your mental and physical well-being. Need help and support? Please contact us at the hotline 311 Psychosocial Support at 722-6575 or 518-4157. Brought to you by PAHO, UACS Commission and UNICEF. Welcome back. Thank you guys so much again for staying with us. We will have the lines open in a while at 572-7588. But before we do that, if you didn't know, which I'm sure you did, over the weekend it was a lot of silly season stuff. It was um, the Prime Minister going around, making rounds on the fourth anniversary of their winning um, the election in 2016. Um, and other... <laughs> the two parties had their representatives on the road and it seemed to be madness on the streets. It, um, there were a lot of viral videos going around and I wanted to let you, let's try to put it together. Let's see what it looks like, what um, the weekend looked like. And it was nothing if not entertaining um, and very exciting to some. I know that in Denry there were some things happening. In Viewfort there was the um, whistle, whistle stop um, sort of protest that they had going on. <clears throat> and... Um, there was also a part where I saw the Minister Sean Edwards meeting up with um, the Prime Minister uh, Shastney and um, it was exciting, Shairo, and it was um, funny at, at times to watch. But take a listen and watch it with me. <laughs> We are here, we are in St. Lucia. We are in St. Lucia, we are not New York. So, 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 so,
Let's go ahead and my, 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 my minister, well, let's go way down, way down. At the bottom. Way, way down. There are people living on the other side and there's a, some ravine and street in between. So whenever, whenever uh, there are heavy showers, they're not able to cross it. The other thing is, there is no access. There is no road access. There is no road access. Yeah, my prime minister, that's, that's there. That, that's a piece. Okay, let's go show me another piece again. Come, let's go show another piece again. One day things start. Two times you'll never see tell me. After four years, you'll see Shasta, you'll should be happy. Look. Look, we, we need a turning point. <laughs> that's my van there. Every time we've seen my van. Uh, my my spring that the damage. So we did a tonic point. So fill out my van so I can't visit it. Okay. How long has that been like that? Well, that's a while, eh? <laughs> What's that's a while? A while. Well, that's more than, I'll say more than 10 years. Yes. So I don't know, you know I, I know what, what you want about it. Because that's my van there, and for, it's a for me, for me to reverse there. My spring does break. <laughs> It's problem for me be for me be tuning in, so I know what's going to talk about it. Uh, okay. Yeah, that's yeah. That's a tuning point. You never saw that Well, well, I never, but I doesn't be here. Yes, I I work in every. I work in every day too. Now you you don't know. Gaso in tower just be every day. That's why I know you. I know you. Tell me. 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 Tell me.
so that's what happened there over the weekend. Um, nothing if not entertaining with um, Sean Edward and Shasni, their meeting. Um, you've seen the supporters for different parties, different groups now coming together and having that sort of thing happening. There was also that in Viewfort. But what really struck me is we're supposed to be in a state of emergency right now um, by the Prime Minister's own admission and, you know, he putting and forwarding that happening, that motion happening uh, two weeks ago. So we're not supposed to be having mass crowd events, and that's exactly what it looked like. Um, it, we also saw that the Prime Minister didn't have any um, masks or anything like that, um, and a lot of his um, staff members there as well. So again, we're asking, do we, is it really necessary to have a state of emergency while at the same time having this happen? And is it really not speaking to the fact that maybe the state of emergency is and probably can be used for um, political political agenda as well because that's what in essence we're seeing um, and if we can put up some pictures as well I thought were very um, interesting in seeing the Prime Minister again in a state of emergency at a restaurant um, with other people and it seems there are no None of the protocols were being adhered to at that point. And again, it calls to question the laws that seem to be from, for different people and not for the Prime Minister himself. Um, let's open the lines at 572-7588. Viewers, you could speak to me about anything, any of the other issues that I mentioned before in our previous segments, or it could be um, anything that you want, and we could discuss these things as well. Now, what I'm hearing from a lot of people is what they consider the unfairness of it, in that you know they have to, and I know a lot of people have had to shut down their doors um, of their businesses, their small businesses and restaurants and everything like that. Meanwhile, you know these things um, seem to be happening. We have a call. Good morning, caller. Hi, good morning. Hi, good morning. Enough is enough. Thank you. That was. Um, Okay, that was quick. Um, that Yeah, that's the quickest call I've ever had on here. But um, thank you, caller. So again, a lot of people are concerned that all the rules do not apply to all the same people. And just by what's happening over the weekend, we could see that. And there are people who have had to close down and maybe sell only um, to bars. And if you're going to buy, because that's what the protocol said, in that you could come and buy food, but you have to go away with it. You cannot sit down and you know have a good time and that sort of thing. And even then, we see the Prime Minister and his friends um, sitting there with no real masks, no real covering, no none of the, the things that we expect to see in these COVID times. And if we're being honest, I think that we have forgotten about COVID, we have become lackadaisical about it, and that's coming from the head down. We see from the Prime Minister, even in the House, nobody's taking it very seriously anymore. So, that's one of the things that we have to to really look into. Um, and in the unfairness too, for a lot of business people who are trying to adhere to these rules, and I urge the Prime Minister, you know, maybe a lot of people are calling for the state of emergency. We have a call. People are calling for the state Good morning. of emergency. We have a call. People are calling for the state of emergency. I can't breathe. Sorry, I've never said this before. Hello? I've never said this before, but I've always heard it. Can you turn down the volume of your um, radio or TV, please? Hello? Yeah, I tell you, we can't breathe. That's all. That's all? I mean, why? What, what do you mean by that, though? Okay, once again, another very short sentence. Um... Uh, the previous caller is saying, you know, that we can't breathe. Um, so, 
again, it's not just about the rules that are being put in place. It's about the confusion, I think, that the country is feeling because we're saying state of emergency, but the borders are open. State of emergency, but the prime minister is out shaking hands, um, campaigning, if we're being honest. That's what it looks like, a sea of yellow um, happening there in in Denry. And it's been happening for the past few weeks that the Prime Minister is going out on weekends. I heard last year was in Ancillary as well. So, you know, it's beginning and we could, we could feel it. You could feel the spirit of it. And what I think people are asking for is uniformity in, in all of this. If you're going to have a state of emergency, please adhere to it, Mr. Prime Minister, and not try to, you know, squeeze the little people and the small businesses trying to open. People are trying to sell their chicken by the road or people are trying to sell their little meals at their little restaurants. <clears throat> that, you know, that has to happen. Um, I also saw a beach party in Viewfort that I found was very interesting because nobody had taken that state of emergency, really. It not, they're not really taking it on, it looks like. Um, and I did speak with some people about that. But before we do, we seem to be... Yeah, I have a call. Good morning. Good morning, caller. Good morning. How are you? I'm good, thanks. How are you? I'm good. Mm-hmm. I'm calling your program for the first time. Okay, welcome. It's just to say that um, we are under a state of emergency, and uh, I don't know if we expect visitors to come to our shores, because if I didn't live here, and I found out that the country is under a state of emergency, whether it be a water crisis, unrest, COVID, whatever, I would not buy a ticket to come to a country that's under a state of emergency, would you? I wouldn't personally. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. In addition to that, we look around, we see the Prime Minister all over the place, not observing the protocols, because I would think that we are under a state of emergency because of COVID. Yes. He doesn't wear a mask. I saw him seated at a restaurant with several people. And as far as I know, if you go to a restaurant, you take your, your order away and find somewhere to eat, but you cannot sit in the restaurant. But it was he who passed the the law, and he's not observing it himself. So what does he expect for the rest of the country? But I want solutions to observe that the United States also had all their protocols, but the people felt frustrated enough that the threat of COVID was much less, much less than the need for them to protest. Okay? And the United States has a lot more COVID um, cases than we do. You know? Yet we have a state of emergency. The United States doesn't have any state of emergency. We are under a state of emergency. But that state of emergency, let us not pretend that we do not know why the Prime Minister put this state of emergency. Why? Why it do you is, think the Prime Minister to, put in this state of emergency? It is to prevent the opposition from moving around and campaigning because he has said that elections will be very soon. So you can see him out campaigning, whereas other people are encumbered because you're not sure what to do. We're under a state of emergency, but he knows what to do. He knows what he wants to do, you know? And I think it is time the opposition, if they're observing that state of emergency, for them to get away from that state of emergency and begin to do what they ought to do. So what you're saying is that people shouldn't care that there's a state of emergency and do what they If the Prime Minister doesn't care, who should care? 
Who should? You lead by example. He doesn't care. He's all over the place. Thank you very much for talking to me, caller. I appreciate Thank it. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, again, another sentiment there from our callers who saying, you know, lead by example. And that's what we're seeing. And if we're being honest, over the weekend, I'm sure the beaches were packed. I know that in the south in Beaufort, they were. Um, river lives were happening. Things were happening. And the state of emergency seems to be in name only because nobody had really taken that on. Um, and again, it should, should be something that we're very con- we should be very concerned about. We've been very lucky to have um, cases that haven't been um, fatal and everybody has been cured. But we shouldn't let down our guard about this. Um, we have another call. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Trisha. How are you? I'm good, thank you. Yourself? Not too bad, thanks. Okay. You Talk know, Trisha, look. The video that you showed um, on the Prime Minister visiting um, the, the constituency of, of, of um, Denry North. Right. You know, Trisha, it really warmed my heart to see how many of the, of the constituency people that the Prime Minister interacted with, the way they dealt with him, in terms of the reception that they, that they gave him, I think many of them showed the deep displeasure over the way that he has been running this, this um, country together with the rest of his cabinet. I mean, um, I saw a much longer, longer video and there were so many people jeering and saying all kinds of things, asking him, you know, why now after four years and all that kind of you know, stuff. And Trisha, to be, to be frank, this is something I've advocated. I've been advocating for a long time. Look, you cannot be representing people, mm-hmm. people who elected you into office to represent the best interests. And to be doing the kind of stuff that you're doing to them. In other words, acting against their interest. And expect that they're going to receive you well, receive you warmly. Look, you know, we have to begin to demonstrate our displeasure with those people when they behave the way they do. I mean, and these people um, believe that they can come after doing all of this foolishness, that they can come to you and and behave as though everything is normal. It's not. They want to laugh with you and joke with you and, and, you know, know, clap you on the the, back and offer their hand for, you know, know, for for you to take and joke and all of this kind of foolishness. That will not cut it because things are not normal and those people are not they're not governing in our best interest. So I was really pleased. I was, to be frank, Tricia, I was really pleased to see the reception that the Prime Minister got in Denry North. Now, it would be even better mm-hmm. if the people in all the other constituencies, when those people show up, those UWP parliamentarians, when they show up, to treat them in the very same way so they can understand that what they're doing is not working in the best interest of the people. Thanks, Trisha. Thank you so much for calling. I appreciate it. Thank you. Um, Once again, somebody saying that they're happy with the reception that the Prime Minister and 
um, his affiliates received over the weekend. But again, we're not going to see, this is not the end of it. I know next week and next weekend and the weekend after that, there will be more making rounds by the Prime Minister and his um, other members of cabinet there. Um, <laughs> do we have another call? Okay. Um, so what I found interesting as well is in my hometown of Viewfort, the beaches were packed, you know, I, I'm biased, I think Viewfort is the most beautiful part of this country, everywhere is beautiful, and you all are beautiful, but Viewfort, I think, um, is the most beautiful, and there were a lot of people there as well having a beach party, and if I'm being honest, it brought me back to a simpler time when we could have gone out and, you know, had fun and interacted with people, and it's been such a long time that I saw that, I almost got emotional watching it, um, but I did speak with some people on what, they're, what exactly they're doing, should there be a state of emergency, and some of the questions, some of the answers to these questions were um, comical at first, and some others really made me think. But take a listen for yourself. If it was a state of emergency, would have been mass hyping. Everybody would have been saying if it was in a state of emergency. So now that I think they're free of the thing for us to drink a little too well, you know, and enjoy ourselves. Without no trouble, and just go home. Safe. Do you think you're supposed to be um, instead of emergency right now in the I believe that the government put the state of emergency to cut down on the amount of um, people that might campaign against them. So at the end of the day, they'll they'll profit from that and they'll remain as the government of Saint Lucia. But it doesn't because you guys are out here having fun. We okay? There's no Corona in Saint Lucia. That's a that's a bogus thing. So we say we can have, we can have fun. Yeah. So that's what you're saying? So we say we, we can have fun in St. Lucia again. So you don't see that the state of emergency is not needed here? We don't see no state of emergency yet. Because things the same way. You understand? So we're just taking it light, man. We're just taking it light, man. We're just enjoying ourselves. We all have to die. We all have to go. Alright? That's a must. So, let's just leave the moment. Okay? That's a must. When it's time to go, we go. No, but do you think the state of emergency is necessary now? Do you think it's necessary? To shut down all places and no nobody contact each other. At the moment, no. At the moment, no. Because if that Shastney guy, that white guy, Black Lives Matter right away. (laughs) (laughs) He's Shastney, he has to go. Alright? This this year, Tikwa. <laughs> we all are being, you know, careful of what's going on because you know the coronavirus. We're trying to keep our distance from each other, but at the end of the day, we still have to enjoy ourselves because we're still living. We are human beings, you understand? Bad, bad. Once you have from and music, we have it for anytime. But they're saying it's a state of emergency, so why come out and have a kind of beach party? It's a state of emergency, we die. We all must die. But we are not going to.
I want to thank all the people at that um at Beach Party for talking to me um and for you know just being so hospitable and just really helping me and um being really forthcoming and sincere with their with their answers i appreciate that i hope you guys had a lot of fun i know you guys are watching i appreciate it and with that we come to the end of our show i appreciate once again you guys tuning in on facebook live on channel 124 and on instagram my name is treasure lionel it is always a pleasure have a great afternoon